Welcome to Space Nerds, your source for intergalactic science fiction and science facts. Engines primed, engage! I'm Andy. I'm Sarah. I'm Doug. And I'm Jesse. And we are the Space Nerd Star Trek Club. Yeah! Star Trek! We're meeting every week to talk about new episodes of Star Trek Picard. Woo! Get ready for Star Trek Club! To share your thoughts on Star Trek Picard, email us at spacenerdspodcast at gmail.com. We are Space Nerds! Wow, 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 was doing. <laughs> wow. That was so impressive. Thank you. You guys can Thanks. even make up a song when you're not even in the same room. Well, it does. You know. the, the, the bar is not that high, but you know, we, we did. <laughs> it just shows that our souls are connected. It will forever <laughs> and always. I would like to um, say to the listeners at this moment who aren't aware of the current situation, so we are all on a, a Facebook uh, video chat and Sarah is donning these amazing <laughs> unicorn headphones <laughs> that light up. They're very cool. <laughs> so They're that's beautiful. that's the view at the Thank moment. You, everyone. Yes. All right. Well, welcome back to nice. welcome back to Star Trek Club. Yeah. We had a little pause in between the last episode and this one because yeah. of the coronavirus outbreak. Yeah. Uh, it took us a minute to figure out if we were going to be able to meet together or not, and the answer was no. So sure, yeah, no. rough time for clubs. <laughs> yeah, so it took us another minute to figure out that we could do this remotely, and we're doing it anyway. Yay! 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 So Andy and I are here in the same room because we live together, and then we've got Doug and Sarah on video chat, and that's what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> and we're talking yeah. about Star Trek Picard episode eight, Broken Pieces. Which was a great episode! Oh my god. It was jam-packed. It's funny because Doug has been talking... You've been talking about how, like, okay, but I'm going to want some answers eventually. Like, I'm yeah. pretty hungry for the answers. Give me some info juice. And they just gave it to you all in one episode. Yeah, they I just, like, <laughs> open your throat and poured the answers down it. <laughs> no, I got, a, I got like, an odd admonition level of information. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was having, honestly, a little bit of a hard time digesting everything. Like, I actually asked Jesse to pause the episode twice because I just needed to, like clarify and process before we got right. more information you know? they did a good thing at the end of the episode where they basically have this like in show round table yeah. with all the characters on the ship mm-hmm. and, the, yeah. and then you get to have Raffi who had, everyone had been thinking of as like the crazy conspiracy lady yeah. she gets to break it down and also be like yeah and I was right Yeah, <laughs> here's all the things I was right about totally. bitches yeah. Yeah. yeah this episode yeah. was like super vindication for Raffi which I loved and yeah, also I some love- vindication for Picard who got to have that video chat with that admiral <laughs> yes She's like, send me a fleet. And then she's like, shut the fuck up. I'll send a fleet. I know. His interaction with, with um, Starfleet right now has just been like women saying fuck to him. You know? <laughs> it's hot and I love it's like it. Yeah, it's true. great. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and we also got so much 
character development for Rios in this episode. Mm. Oof, yeah. Which yeah. I loved. That's yeah. Real. And you know what's funny is like we've complained about the various accents. The holograms. But all in one room, it yes. kind of worked for me. It was great. <laughs> it like totally was great. I loved it. Yeah. I, I'm totally, oh. I've totally come around on the holograms now. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. One of my early sentiments of it was that if they're going to do it, they can't like lightly do it. They've got to like be prepared to go full on in on this. It's got to be a full throated, yeah. you know, yeah. commit to the spit. <laughs> And this episode is them, like, committing hard to the accents. Yeah, I yeah. loved it. Like, that shot where they all hit their heads at the same time yeah. yes. was, like, a feat, yeah. a feat of special effects besides being, like, a great moment. And I love that. I love when, when filmmakers go way out of their way to make a bit work, you yeah. know? I love that. Yeah. And just the little, I, I, like, subtle touches of, like, uh, put the pillow down and the other guy sits on it, kick the feet off the table. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was wonderful. So good. Sarah, what were we going to say? Oh, I was like, what was I going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, <laughs> I think that was my favorite scene in the whole thing. Oh, wow. Like, oh, yeah. I yeah. really liked the whole episode, either that one or the last, like, roundtable talk. Yeah. Like, mm. I, both of those scenes, I feel like we got so much information. And, like, mm. you got, like, things that really put pieces together or that, like, raised different questions that were also answered, if that makes sense. But, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think both of those scenes with like groups of people and it's like just the back and forth the like pace of it i just love absolutely and i thought because like you said andy we were kind of like okay these accents are like okay but then when they're all in the room i'm like wow that that irish was actually really good this yeah yeah right and i could distinguish it from the scottish and yeah yeah exactly yeah it's like i think i thought that was the same person i realized this whole time the scottish one right the irish one i was like oh no they're two different okay yeah uh, Yeah. i yeah i think for me those two scenes were my my top favorite yeah. I love that they had the engineer be Scottish, which is just yeah. like straight up original series Scotty reference, which was adorable. I oh, loved it. Oh, okay. You had specifically mentioned that in the earlier episodes. You're like, I hope there's an engineering hologram and he's Scottish. Did I say that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, th- I'm a genius. That's <laughs> With a bad memory. Also, seven of nine came back. I I, know, that was my other prediction that I came know. true this time. Yeah, I was wrong. I thought you were way off base there. Well,. You got to learn to trust me, Doug. <laughs> I have some good ideas, Doug. Trust in the Jesse Force. <laughs> um, my favorite thing in this episode, my absolute favorite thing, is when they talked about the threshold, where like warp drive is a threshold. Where oh, yeah, you right. should explain because I I'm think gonna, yeah, Sarah's this again. Okay. with this history. So in the Star Trek lore, particularly seen in the movie First Contact, which actually Andy hasn't seen yet, which I'm so excited for her to watch. But Andy's I'm getting close. Andy's been powering through Next Generation. <laughs> she's what like a time almost to do done. That. Yeah, she's wow. like seven wow. episodes away from it's being done. It's so good. It's so good. I love it. It's such a weirdly comforting show too. Yeah. And. Oh, I have a lot to say, but I'll let you finish. Yeah. Well, it's been great to have it on in the background in the house when I've been playing Stardew Valley. So, um, so basically, in the future of humanity in the Star Trek universe, humans are alone in the universe until they discover warp drive. They invent warp drive. Zephyrin Cochran invents warp drive. And they do a test warp flight, and that attracts the attention of the uh, nearby species, the Vulcans. And the Vulcans contact the humans. Uh, and warp, can you explain what warp is? Or Sarah, do you know yeah. what warp is? What warp drive No, is? I was going to ask that later. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Warp, warp drive <laughs> totally. is the ability to travel faster than light. 
Uh, so it's the ability to travel oh. fast enough that you can explore the the galaxy. Yeah, and so like on the show when you hear them like go to warp six or and then isn't is it warp ten that you that you turn into a salad? Turn into yeah, you, you turn into the lizards that yeah. have that have evolutionary yeah. sex and in the episode called <laughs> Threshold. Yeah, in that weird one we were talking. Speaking about. of thresholds, but anyway, yeah. so going past warp okay, ten is so, not possible. But anyway, yeah, so going past uh, or going past the speed of light, going it yeah. to warp speed is basically. Um, kind of this like intergalactic signal that a civilization is advanced enough to be contacted by other civilizations. And yeah. there's a lot of talk about the prime directive on Star Trek, which is that they don't interfere in the de- in developing cultures. But once you've passed the warp drive threshold, um, it's okay to make first contact with a civilization because you assume that they are technologically advanced enough that they can travel the galaxy, they're going to run into people, we might as well make contact with them. So that is a threshold that they were referencing in this episode. But then they tied it into this idea that creating synthetic life is another threshold. Um, and then way back in the day, uh, like who are these ancient creatures that lived in this galaxy created warp, or created synthetic life, and then this, these other creatures contacted them that were evil and basically destroyed all life and created hell. Yeah, like like hell on Earth once, or hell in the galaxy or whatever. Once they created synthetic life, it signaled to these other creatures the way that warp drive would signal to um, other species, like you can contact them. It signaled uh-huh. to these like evil creatures that like you can come contact them and they cause terrible things to happen is, is yeah. basically my guess would be that it was synthetic life forms that like say oh you have synthetic life we're gonna come and kill all the organic life and you know help the synthetics or something i don't know i'm, I'm just guessing with that yeah. but but i love this so much i feel like this works perfectly as an explanation as to why the jat vash is is trying to prevent sy- synthetic oh, life from Jot being vash created now. Wendy, excuse no, me. No, it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I feel like it's a it's a perfect way to tie this all together. It's the perfect reason to have all this be happening is yeah. that we're afraid of these evil creatures from hundreds of thousands of years ago that were attracted by um, the creation of synthetic intelligence in the past. We don't want that to be repeated, so we have to prevent synthetic intelligence from being created. Yeah, I love and it's that. More, it's more than just a fear, which is one of the things that I was worried about is that they had put a lot of weight on this kind of thing and uh, it justifying Gerardi's murder of Maddox, mm-hmm. right. right? So I do like that they show this as being a thing where, you know, the, the Romulan um, cabal, the, uh, the women that go there, all but like two of them commit suicide right yeah. away right. as soon as they get the information. Yeah. And you know, it's just that, like, stone-cold evil lady that makes it out, and then yeah. her aunt kind of makes it out, but it, you know, basically breaks her brain, so... Yeah, yeah. and the know, breaking so the, of... It's, it's not... I take this not to just be, hey, by the way, here's something that happened. Whoever this species was that left this warning also just kind of made it, like, really fucked up. Yeah. I feel like it's yeah. it's a warning slash, like, really intense propaganda. It's like you went yeah. th- you go through it. You go through, you experience the devastation yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote a song called Cold Dead World, which was about electronic creatures trying to send warnings to biological creatures. Um, (laughs) And in doing so, accidentally, like, killing whoever they try to contact because they don't understand that they are 
you know, oh, sure. going to like, el- you know, electrocute people. Um, and it reminded me of this, this idea that like one culture leaving a message for another might not understand the culture that's coming after it mm. and, and how their brains work. And the message was too strong. Yeah. And it just kills everyone, like most people that touch it and the people it doesn't kill, it radicalizes. Yeah. Right. It's great. It's like story wise, I feel like it's perfect. I love it. Yeah. I'm so right. happy. Yeah, I do think, I do think it does. I still think it is kind of interesting and complicated and I'm glad that like Gerardi's, you know, she committed murder and it's not, tr- it's not being really treated lightly. It yeah. is going to be weird in subsequent seasons when you're always like, yeah, but remember when she killed that guy? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But, but also Jesse and I have talked about this before is we talk about, there's like members of the oops, I had to kill someone because of mind control Star Trek club. Yeah. There's, oh, like a, there's like a lot of people, main characters in Star Trek, including uh, I mean, Picard. Picard. Yeah, yeah. Picard killed Cisco's wife. Kind yeah. Of. As Lacuta Saborg, yeah. Oh, yeah. sure. So, so there's there's a long tradition in Star Trek of you committing murder, not it being your fault. Right. Sure. And, yeah, but and they also made it- this this is a rare case where they're actually right away in the show addressing it and not just like brushing it aside and maybe having it picked up later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they also made it clear that Commodore O planted a mental block in Gerardi's uh, mind and basically right. like planted directives in her mind as well so yeah. uh, she really wasn't acting under her own free will mm-hmm. um yeah. so i feel like she's gonna get away with it i'm no federation <laughs> lawyer but i feel mm-hmm. like she can get away with time sir well yeah also- this is this is the the next season of how to get away with murder is have a, a vulcan romulan uh person mind meld you into doing it <laughs> it also seemed to me like um whatever tracker was in her blood um, was also partially connected to the directive she was, or like the, because it seemed like when she woke up from that coma, like she was able to resist trying to kill. She didn't. She didn't feel that she has to kill um, Soji. Oh yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe you know, maybe when she destroyed the tracker, it kind of released the hold of this mental block. Somehow. A little bit of it, you yeah. know, I guess, um, or something. Yeah. I don't know because it just. I mean, and I don't know. I know that it, in the episode, it almost framed it like because of her, how beautiful she thinks synthetic life is, and like her her lifelong mission being about that. When she sees the piece of art that is Soji, she's like, "I don't want to kill you. I." I I couldn't. Yeah. I could never destroy you now that I've met you. Yeah. And yet she was able to kill like someone right. she intimately loved and knew. And so I'm like, there has to be some. There has to be some difference here. Well, right. You know? She's like, now that you've changed actors, Maddox, I don't love you as much. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the original. Yeah. He yeah. was a handsome fellow. Um, I did want to bring up real fast before I forget. So we were mentioning that I've been watching through some TNG. Yeah. And um, one of the episodes that I watched was when um, Data meets his mother. Data. Data. I still do that sometimes. One is my name. The other is not. I know. know. All right. Don't Pulaski us. It's an old. (laughs) It's an old habit. It dies hard. Yeah. Um, Data. When Data meets his his yeah or the equivalent of his mother. Yeah. Um. Sorry, Sarah. I don't mean to spoil anything, but it is relevant. No, I love spoilers. What we're oh, that's right. Yeah. You're the best. So um, (laughs) so turns out that um, there was this woman that helped um. What was the name of the song? Noonien Soon. Thank you. Noonien Soon um, develop um, Data and his brother. 
Yes. And um, she was also married to him, or married to Noonie and Soon. Soong. Soong. S-O-O-N-G. There we go. Soong. Yeah. And um, I love how I'm butchering both names. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so uh, so she was married to him and she helped develop um, these lives. And um, But she died. And so Noonien made this version of her that was synthetic. Yeah. But she was far more advanced than anything he yeah. had created yet. And she was much more like... Um, Soji, like she yeah. was, she had feelings. She was able to cry. She had, she ate. She, I mean, there was a lot of things. That she thought she was human. She and she thought she was human. And they actually, in the episode, they decide there's something happens where she could find out that she isn't. And they, and as an act of mercy, kind of like, uh, well, this implant of Nuni and talking tell convinces Data not to tell her. Yeah, because it would just be devastating to her to know that she wasn't real because she just thinks she's a continuation of the real you know yeah and how interesting that he created a synthetic version of his dead wife who then divorced him oh yeah oh yeah that's true um, you got closure yeah uh. but it's interesting to me because in this show my feeling was that somehow these um Soji and well now we know there's many more of them or at least there were she had another sister and another brother yeah but um but anyway that these were like the first of its of this kind of um synthetic life but it but in that episode that already exists mm-hmm. you know what I liked about what they said in this episode is that commandant or co- commander command Commandant. Commodore. 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 I cannot remember that word. Okay. Commodore O. It's okay, Data. Data. Um, <laughs> basically, like, Data was the tipping point, and then Commodore O implanted herself in Starfleet, like, decades ago, right. and worked her way up through Starfleet over the course of decades to enact the synth ban by basically, you know, having the Romulans destroy Mars, even though... So the Romulans are responsible for their own people's... Um, inability to get off of their planet before it went supernova which yeah. is so mm-hmm. interesting it's like the Jat Vash um, behind the back of the Tal Shiar and the, and the rest of the Romulans decided that their people were less important than preventing synthetic life from being created which is so interesting um, very Romulan but it yeah. had been created which is also interesting because well yeah because well. then in their theory that threshold threshold had already been crossed. However, maybe it's so. like a certain level of synthetic or maybe like life a you whole, have to create. Like they were trying to prevent what Maddox did, which was make a whole planet full of okay. synthetic life. Yeah, I got the sense that there was still something else yet to be done, uh-huh. and that that, that the Zatvash were preventing that because the implication, from my understanding of what they've talked about, the admonition to this point has been that once that threshold is crossed, basically whatever these things are that bring hell will show up. And yeah. so the okay. fact that they they haven't shown up yet means yeah. that the line hasn't been crossed, but okay. that it's dangerously close to the Zatvash. Because yeah. I feel like if it was like, oh, making Soji is crossing the line, that they their yeah. whole approach to it would be different. So they still feel like mm. there's time, but it's running out. And yeah. You yeah. know, it might be that they're self-replicating. Like, the idea that yeah. these robots oh. can create more of themselves without humans, yeah. you know, uh, making them. Yeah. Which, so, which, in theory, they could do, but that hadn't been done yet. And yeah, yeah. I mean, a, so if data, speculation. if data had succeeded in creating LOL, 
then that could have crossed the threshold decades earlier. Sure. Right, but Lal right, but Lal right. died almost immediately because her positronic net wasn't stable. So mm-hmm. even data yeah, could not create more synthetic life. He failed when yeah, he tried. Right. And Lal didn't strike me as having like full range of oh, emotional, sure. you know. Yeah, and data himself obviously did not have the full range of emotional capacity. So Right. Um, yeah, but somehow Soji is the key because, you know, the destroyer yeah. and so forth. Well, and yeah, Soji and Dodge seem to be, as far as presented to us, the first examples of perfect passing uh, synths, except for maybe Data's mom. Um, but Data's mom was programmed to not know that she was synthetic. So I don't know. I mean, it, and I'm not super picky about this. Like, I, I feel like they the story works. I feel like... Um, they did enough backfilling and the backfilling worked for me. So I, yeah. I don't need to have it be, you know, to me, this is like totally works with Canon. I, I'm not feeling like this doesn't fit in Canon at all. Mm-hmm. And I think that Doug, you might be right that like the self replication could be the thing. And maybe, sure. um, maybe like Soji is as destroyer is the one who's going to be capable of that. And I right. love the idea of like this woman creating life being viewed as a destroyer and then Picard trying to protect her right to exist just feels great. Like this just feels so Star Trek ish. Yeah. And his, mm-hmm. his speech about, you know, like we are going to fight this with like hope and optimism. I'm like, oh, I'm going to cry. This is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> or what about the moment? I love the speaking of moments that make you want to cry. The moment when Soji tells him that that data, the data loved, loved him. him oh i yes. was like ah. he did he loved you i was oh. like oh <laughs> i adore that. that whole that whole um breakfast scene wonderful was lovely yeah. and i felt like it was and again actually we should return to this idea too of i thought they nailed it with the pacing again for this episode i yeah. thought they mm-hmm. did a great job Agreed. and kind of kept up with what they had set up in the previous episode yeah, totally. I just recorded. Yeah, I think a pu- they found it. Yeah, I yeah. think they found their pacing finally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, episode seven going into eight, I'm like, damn, this is hot. Like this show is getting <laughs> hot. I am into it, and I now feel like much more connected to both Raffi and Rios, and honestly, Girati too. Like the more you get mm-hmm. to know these new characters, the more connected I'm feeling, and the more I want more of them. Hmm. Absolutely. Okay, wait. I need to make sure I understand everything that was just said. Yeah, like, please. There's there's a I lot to like, unpack. Yeah. <laughs> wait, I don't. And it was. We. It's actually. I watched the episode twice. I watched it the other day, and then I actually watched it uh, right before we started. I was like, I need to watch this again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so the this threshold. Yeah. That yeah. we're talking about is a thing. That has not happened yet. We or think there's so. Like a breaking point, like yeah. once we get yeah. to the threshold, then like all hell breaks loose. Yeah, I think the idea is that once this threshold is crossed, where synthetic life becomes indistinguishable, possibly superior than biological life, or something, or something. We're not sure what yeah, it is. We're not sure but, exactly but what. But it has something t- to do with evolving a synthetic life. Yeah. Go ahead, Doug. Oh no, I was just going to agree with you that they haven't at this point made explicit what this thing is, what the line that crosses is, and they also haven't gotten into details about, well, what happens when you cross a line other than it's really bad, and Gerardi described it as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Asking Picard, do you believe in hell? And that she had seen it, and that's why 
she did the terrible thing that she did. Yeah. And so, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's vague, but it's basically cross line, bad thing happens. And it also could be that we've crossed the threshold, but these ancient evil creatures don't know it yet. Because imagine if, like, a creature all the way across the galaxy developed warp drive and you had no idea, but then they get close enough to you for you to notice... And right. you're like, oh, well, I should contact them. Like, it could be something yeah. like, like synthetic life is now indistinguishable from biological life in Soji. And it, like, she would have to somehow reach out or contact or get close enough to these ancient creatures for them to know she existed, for them to come in and like rain hell down on, on our universe. So who knows? Yeah, it could also not be true. I mean, this is sure. all based on yeah. some stuff that they found on this planet from... 200,000 years ago, you know? Yeah, sure. Right, that was my other question because they were talking about how, like, Commodore O, like, put this information in and he was like, well, is this something she lived through? And they're like, no. So it's Mm -hmm. like, is this... That was my question. Like, is this actually true or is this, like, something that they're implanting to then make... Right. These well, yeah. Who knows? Happen. Like, who yeah, knows so, who planted this so, device right. on this planet? Like in the the conclave of eight in the eight stars. Right. But but I love that they're like, well, oh, whoever could move eight stars to one place and then leave a message must have really meant it. Well, yeah. yeah but That's they could have they could have meant it based <laughs> on fact, or they could have meant it based on something that isn't factual, but they want people to believe sure. that that's what happened. Absolutely. Right. Be, this you know, is their form. Here. This is their form of what. Oh, complicated! Uh, like it's like a night out at the movies. Yes, this yeah. Is, this is their yeah. artistic expression from two hundred thousand years ago. Yeah, no, no, no. Get it. we're we're not an advanced civilization. It's a fiction. <laughs> they just plant this. Seven. They just plant this thing and then okay. wait and watch and laugh. Oh, people used to line up to get their minds literally blown by <laughs> watching the admonition. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, but does that make sense, Sarah? Like. I think okay. I think that's that's just what I wasn't sure of. of I like, needed oh, it so explained. The threshold yeah. is like a thing that has it. Like once we get there, that's when like everyone's going to start clawing their faces off and ripping out their hair. Well, that's and when like- yeah, that's when this this species allegedly. So in the past, like you know the the the, the planet, the eight circles and the suns and all that. That when in the opening scene when the kind of coven i guess of um of um space witches witches are surrounding that circular thing the planet of grief yeah yes when they touch it that vision is what's brought to them and that's based we are led to believe on something that actually happened to a civilization thousands of years ago yeah when they developed synthetic life to the to pass this threshold they're talking about and because they went past this threshold this other alien species we think um contacted them because they're like oh they're ready for us to reach out because we're going to do this terrible stuff that we don't know what it is right and And then just knowing what they will do or getting a glimpse of what they'll do when the threshold is crossed is what it causes people to go insane and kill themselves. Exactly. And so and so that vision of what that could be exactly is already making people want to not live. So yeah. um, when you're exposed to it. And so what basically is happening now is, you know, synthetic life in this day and age is being developed and they so the Jot Bosch, in order to prevent it, they were the reason for the the thing that happened on Mars. They caused those synths to turn, and um, because they wanted to create something terrible enough to put in place a ban on the creation of synthetic life. 
So that's more information we got in this episode is that yeah. it was the Jotvash or Wandy that caused <laughs> that that crazy bald guy and all his brethren to turn on to cause that terrible thing that happened on on the Mars. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So and so the reason, about- yeah, because they wanted to prevent the progress of the creation of synthetic life. Interesting that that wasn't the threshold. That's what we're saying. Yeah, so we're wondering what that threshold okay, could be. Okay, I'm with yeah. them Yeah, now. so we're saying maybe it could be that synthetic life is able to reproduce itself. Is Maybe that's the threshold. Uh, maybe yeah. it's that synthetic life somehow becomes superior to humanity and is able to like contact these crazy alien yeah or it could be like synthetic life needs to spread enough that it catches their Mm -hmm. attention yeah has to have a certain number of them yeah Yeah, sure okay and so there are these people bad guys waiting for the threshold to be crossed that is what the warning is in that crazy circle thing that those okay so it's like when this happens this but that's not the, de- or is that the destroyer? No. So the destroyer would be um, the synth that somehow helps the rest of the synths cross this threshold. Yeah. And that oh, would be, that's okay. why they're afraid of Soji. That's why they call her the destroyer. Yeah. So, I thought they were saying that like, sh- because if the threshold gets crossed, like she as the destroyer is the one who's going to recall the havoc. Like she'll be activated, can't control it. And then oh. we'll wreak the havoc. But yeah. what you're saying is that there's like a third party that's like, it, you know, we're watching yes. and we're ready. Yes. It's like yeah. too soon, but it's almost like if Corona was just waiting for the perfect time. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, she would be like the in. host maybe, but yeah. yeah right, yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah, she's a, the, the harbinger. Is that the, the, the herald of the... Yes, the, the robot apocalypse, yes. but not the apocalypse itself. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. I was really. I didn't even realize I was wrong this whole time. I was. Well, well we don't know not for sure. You could be necessarily right. wrong. Yeah. yeah yes. It's just a different interpretation. And yeah. honestly, the layers of this are very complex. And there's still a lot of information we don't necessarily. We're still kind of um, hypothesizing in yeah. some areas. So. Yeah. Yeah, but I I love that Picard's reaction to all of this is that we are not going to act out of fear. We are not going to take this hundreds of thousands of year old warning to mean that we have to abandon our principles. Yeah. Right. We are going to mm-hmm. stand by who we are and our principles. We are going to protect these people who have a right to exist, even yes. though, you know, like synthetic lives are still lives. Whoa. Creative Cloud update is available. That was Woo-hoo! very loud. <laughs> Sorry about that. Synthetic I didn't, lives. I didn't hear it. Oh, oh maybe it's just the headphones. the podcast listeners will hear it for oh, sure. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Surprise. Yeah. So, like, synthetic lives are still lives. The way that he believes that all Romulan lives are just as valuable as all mm-hmm. Federation lives. You know, and I I love that attitude. I love the attitude of not letting fear dictate yeah. your principles. I wanted to point out something interesting, um, Commodore. Yeah. Right, Commodore mm-hmm. O is both Vulcan and, and Romulan. Romulan. So we were all right. We were yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love Which that. Which is really cool. And I have we had a character in Star Trek that has been both half Vulcan, half Romulan. I don't remember. I don't recall off the top of my head. Yeah, I can't. Remember and that's, one I mean, that's a fascinating statement in and of itself because yeah. for a Vulcan to mate with a Romulan. Like, I well, want to know what the circumstance uh, was around it's that. It's far! <laughs> it's sort of weirdly loosey-goosey the way that they treat Romulans and Vulcans and, like, biological and, yeah. you know, are they the same genetic species uh, by their own 
canon in terms of years that they've stated when things happen, mm-hmm. there's no real strong argument that Romulans and Vulcans are anything other than culturally different, right. but mm. genetically the same species. Totally, yeah. But I, they treat yeah. them as though it's like Klingons and humans, like yeah. that they're just right. different, different, different. But it's yeah. only been, I think, 2,000 years in canon since... Romulans basically bugged out from Vulcans and said, fuck all y'all. I think I would, yeah, totally. I was thinking, like, socially what, what, you know, because those two people had to really right i mean if we can imagine like if if we ever become uh if if human beings ever settle on other planets yeah two thousand years later are we still the same species i don't know yeah yeah definitely sure then yes there you go then then in that way they are the same species Yeah. yeah you need a lot you need a lot more time for there to be like okay now you've branched off to a separate sort of genetic like natural selection to take place and that takes an isolated long time contained breeding with mutations come in and then there's no outside genetic force that's coming in yeah it's almost like a vulcan and romulan like it's more equivalent to race like it's a constructed difference that yes mm. yeah do you know and 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 in that way like commodore Commander, Commodore, Commodore. Oh. it is. Commodore. Oh, is I mean, in, I'd be curious to see. Like that could be a way to kind of express a biracial story of, like, because I wonder, does she identify with her Vulcan side more or her Romulan side more? And does she is she seems accepted like in both communities? She's Romulan, right? No, it seems like it. I mean, it seems like seems it, right? Be, yeah, yeah, it seems like she's all in on being Romulan, and then right. uses the fact that she can pass as Vulcan as a way to move up the ranks and start. Right, which is yeah. actually a really interesting extrapol- extrapolation racially. Like it's, that, a, it's a fascinating character. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I, I feel like she, I would be curious more about her backstory. Um, like she's definitely a villain or seems yeah. to be a villain, but I always love hearing the backstories of villains. Because, yeah, where does she shop for sunglasses? Yeah. Yeah, tell us this at least. <laughs> Where'd you get your More sunglasses? Like Where'd you get those sunnies? <laughs> Sunglass hut, anyone? <laughs> right? Like, yeah. too bad the episodes are almost done because I would love an episode just dedicated to that. Oh, uh, oh. yeah. We got, we got oh, alarms. We got. Oh, this is this is me down at the market. Okay. There's like. Oh sure. Stuff's How always rude. happening down yeah. here. Yeah. Something How else rude. I something else I loved in this episode is that we got the explanation as to why this Borg cube was mm-hmm. set adrift, which was that it assimilated the admonition, which is mm-hmm. amazing. So uh the Jatvash, like in the first scene of the episode when they are exposed to the admonition, and also we see Data's face in that. Like we see these others like synthetic creatures that kind of morph into data during that mm-hmm. weird flash of yeah. information. The admonition mm-hmm. is the vision. That's, yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. They oh, call okay. it the admonition. Yeah. So they get this vision and then um, the main bad girl survives it seemingly unscathed besides being like the, disturbed. The creepy sister. Yes. Twisted sister. Yeah. And then her auntie is driven like half mad by it. Yeah. Ramda. But then she is assimilated by the Borg, and then the Borg assimilate this admonition, this vision, and it destroys the Borg cube. And that's right. why this Borg cube was floating in space and able to be taken over by the by Hugh and his compatriots for this whole XB project. Oh, wait. Okay, yeah. so this vision, when they assimilated that ship of 
Wandy people. Yes. Yeah. The vision got into the collective yes. and mm-hmm. caused it to break down. Yes. Right. It's the oh. same way that when when the Zot Bosch, when the Romulan uh, space witches go intentionally to receive the admonition, yeah. they know, like, okay, some of you aren't going to make it out. And Gerardi put it best, I think, is that it's poison in your mind. Yeah. So that's why it's it's not just like information. It really seems like this is a destructive program yeah. that comes into you and fucks you up. And so yeah. the Borg just suddenly got this like, oh, now we have poison in our collective mind. And yeah. it just, you know, it broke their cube. It broke all got the people it. inside of it. Yeah. So that it's which is kind of interesting. Again, like it it helps, I think not justify, but better explain Gerardi's actions. Because mm. she wasn't just told, like, oh, it's going to be bad. Because I think then you could say, well, I'm not going to kill my, <laughs> my my boyfriend for this, though. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. if you have this kind of, like, basically alien information, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they- it could even just be that. Like, they, they can't process it. It could be, like, for them, for the other aliens that made this, if they saw it, it would just be, like, oh, yeah, okay, that's important to know. But that yeah. for other species, it's like, oh, that fucks up our heads. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. into it. Huh. I feel like they the pieces that all came together in this episode, uh, conveniently titled Broken Pieces, um, <laughs> all, all fit together so nicely. And then... Yeah. And it leaves a, you know, you have Rios questioning, like, are we on the right side to sure. Picard? Which was great. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Soji is... Very dangerous if yeah. she decides to turn against them, and yeah, I love that Picard is like, no, like we we have to get, we, they have rights and we have to respect that. I love it. We tried it. Yeah. We tried it Maddox's way. We tried it my way. Yeah, yeah. Let's try it Soji's way. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about um, why am I forgetting his name? Seven of Nine and um, and uh, Elnor. 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 Yes, yeah, absolutely. and kind of yeah. their journey in this episode. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I, well, there's so many things that explore here, but I'm really curious about, because we go back into the queen's chamber. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, how she's able to access all of the Borg through that, and she decides to reconnect to the Borg for a moment. Yeah. Or or behave as the queen. Yes. I guess we are seeing how the queen is able to, which we never meet the queen in the course of... You, Star Trek, right? You will soon, yes. but you haven't yet. Oh, right. we do. Okay, so, yeah. so she's she, in Voyager, and she's in the, one of the movies. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. So, so, but it seems as though it, it is that Queen ex Borg, or has like the Queen is Borg. The Queen is Borg. The Queen is like sort of a singular minded Borg who yeah. seems to have some autonomy and and will of her own. Yes, right. right. Which makes sense because then. It's funny when she connects to that um, device or whatever it is, and she does what she needs to do. Um, at the end, um, Elnor says, "Are you going to s- assimilate me?" Yeah, and she says, "No." Um, Annika, her- Annika still has, has work, to, work do. to do. So it's not right. actually even just her. Right. So she's speaking as the Borg. Yeah. Right. Yes. We are Borg. We are Borg. Exactly. Yeah, to me, I took that to mean. It's something that people have talked about because it hasn't been specifically addressed in canon, but is there one Borg queen 
are there multiple Borg queens? What right. happens? This yeah. to me seems to indicate that the Borg queen, in a way, is almost like a job yeah. or it's something. It's something that can be emergent from the hive, where yeah. someone, a bo- any Borg, perhaps, or meeting whatever criteria, can take on the mantle mm. of being that singular consciousness yeah. to control. So yeah. I like it. I love yeah. that she was worried that she would be tempted to stay. Yes. I may yeah. not want to. Yeah. 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 Cuz she was not a willing convert away from Borg. Like she loved no. being Borg and yeah. they No took, one is. She took her away from it. No like one he, wants to let go and that's what she's yeah. saying is that they won't want to once I do this, they're not going to want to get uh, yeah. unattached, you know. Yeah, I mean but it seems is, like this is what they want. It seems like Picard like, it seems like if you're assimilated later in life and you have a lot of life mm-hmm. behind you, it is a ripping away of your identity that is incredibly painful and that, like, yeah. you just... Like, Picard was crying as he was acting as Locutus. Like, he didn't want to be Locutus and he was fighting against it, but he couldn't not be Locutus because they overwrote him. Um, but Annika was assimilated as a child and doesn't right. really have much life before that. And then yeah. being taken out of the collective was like being ripped away from the only existence she'd ever known. Mm. And it took her years. Mm. And it's an ongoing process, as we find out in Picard, for her to regain her humanity. Yeah. Yeah. But even in earlier in this series, Picard mentioned about not being fully human again. So sure. it yeah. would not surprise me if there's a part in Picard's mind mm. after having only been Lucutius for what would it have been like a week or something? Not sure. very long. Yeah. But yeah. to still have like that. Oh, I miss this miss feeling. The unity of the collective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. I, I could see that for sure. Yeah. Which you would also have to compartmentalize and put away because you're like, oh, that thing that I long for that caused the death of all of these people. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I just love this episode top to bottom. I I had no complaints about it. I I think that it is also like a transitional episode in that it is kind of dumping out a lot of plot um, very artfully and artistically and enjoyably to kind of get us to the point where we're ready for the final action and resolution of the story in the last two episodes, which is a two-parter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like it functions incredibly well. And the only reason that I would give it, I'm going to give it like an eight, eight and a half. The only reason it doesn't get a 10 is because it, doesn't have um, resolution in it. It's only, you know, it's like transitional through exposition to get us to the resolution. Whereas like the episode prior with Riker and Troy uh. had like a complete story inside of it with, you know, seeing um, the their household and their child and getting a sense of their lives and like having a time spent with old friends. Like that, to me, elevates that episode above this one to like a 10 out of 10. Mm. But this episode, I think, is as good as it possibly could have been to serve the purpose it needed to serve. Yeah. Um, but for me, I is not like the, the top level that this show has done, which makes me so excited for the next two episodes. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, this was a top level episode, but this show has already like gone above that on a couple of occasions. So I'm stoked. Yeah, I agree. I think I'd give it an eight and a half. And I, I, for similar reasons, I do think, and again, I think they got the pacing right, but the the density of the information as we were receiving it was a little hard for me to keep up with. And then later the show fixed it a bit by doing that round table, yeah. but I didn't know that was mm-hmm. coming. And so I kept right. feeling like I needed to pause to make sure I was understanding what I was learning because I wasn't sure that I, it would be repeated. Um, so that was my only kind of hitch with the episode. Um, but yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. 
Yeah, I think I completely agree with the eight and a half for all the reasons you said. Like, it was a really good episode, and it just makes me want to watch the next one. Yeah. Versus, like, mm-hmm. oh, man, like, I'm so satisfied. I am very satisfied with the episode, but the fact that my ending thought is I want to see the next one is yeah. what mm-hmm. makes me feel like, yeah. oh, I can't give it, like, full ranks because I, this really was just transitioning me, yeah. like you kind of said, from, like, Exposition to resolution. So totally, yeah. I'm with you 100. percent I'm gonna go with a nine personally Ooh. because I I really do like the info dump. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I might have been tempted to even go nine and a half or ten, but I do agree that this was too much. Uh, <laughs> but I do it, it worked. I mean, all of it like yeah. I, I, I like internal consistency. I don't mind if it's like, isn't it weird that like Rios randomly also encountered, you know, uh, uh, um, a synth way back in the day, and that all kind of folds together. And Rafi had all these theories. Like, it's it's in, in a way, it's like all too perfect yeah. the way it fits together. Yeah. But I don't mm-hmm. care because it's all internally consistent. None yeah. of it is like nonsense. It's not like Rio is be- Rios is behaving in a weird way because of this kind of stuff or. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it it makes sense even if it's like fantastical because you know it's not real life. It's a it's a sci-fi show. Sure. That that said, it still is that like an awful lot of pieces. You know, we've sorted all of the puzzle pieces, and then someone just like threw fifty pieces and they all fit right in at once on one throw. It's like okay, that's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but maybe we could have done a couple of them earlier yeah. and still kept the interest level, you know, hmm. sure. this was, this was definitely very, as a show, it was holding everything back for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but I, but the fact that I did finally get the, <laughs> the info juice I've been craving, I'm, <laughs> I, I can't help but give it a nine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. for me, like this is episode eight. If you think about like Next Generation, where season one had twenty six ish episodes, if we'd <laughs> right. gotten this much info oh, by episode God. eight, we'd be like, "This show's moving too fast." Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. everything's sure. so relative in this day and age. But for me, yeah. like, I I was never. I, a lot of people I've heard, you know, we've talked about it in this group. I've heard, I've heard it online. I've heard in other podcasts. People are like, "Why? When are they going to give me the plot? Like, when are they going right. to give us some answers?" And I never felt that way. I always felt like this. Um, this pacing is fine for me and I'm happy with it. Uh, but then this was like such an info dump. It was just so great. I'm like, give, so I, I, give me the info. I love it. Well, I want to make a, make a distinction here. Cause I've seen the similar things. I have been happy with the plot that's happened. Yeah. And I think, I don't think it's been the first episode was to me was great. It was wonderful. It was a nice little setup. Then the next little bit, was basically party building where in those it was to me it was a little light on plot but i was fine Mm. i get what we're doing here and then ever since then i think the plot level has been great and i've really enjoyed it it's the mystery box kind of stuff that is like the it's building tension it's the whole thing i think i talked about this before like in comedy they talk about that like you if you start a setup for a joke and then the punchline doesn't fit the reason the audience is uncomfortable is like there's unrelieved tension yeah. in the room yeah, yeah, yeah. and you, you need someone else like in a, in a show they'll talk about this that if the comic dies up there and leaves all that unrelieved tension the MC or the next comic has to go up there and like address it or do a joke basically get everyone to feel like ah oh, okay I'm off the hook now yeah. my yeah. brain can relax because your brain wants this 
fulfillment. You've you've given it this contract, this promise that you're not ever releasing. Lost was terrible yeah. for yeah. this. Lost was yeah. just yeah. nothing but like here, like uh, now you're addicted to this goddamn TV show, <laughs> so, you, so you can get your mystery solved week to week. Yeah. I learned watching Lost what you need to do is you stop halfway through an episode ah. when it's when you're like it's satisfying, and then you basically watch the second half of one and the first half of the next one uh, and then you're then you're fine huh. yeah so so yeah so for me this was solving the mystery boxes and that is what i needed yeah. plot wise i've been fine with i've yeah. i i even enjoyed the plot of this one you know i get yeah. that it's not like a classic beginning middle and end arc but there's there's character development there's movement for Gerardi, there's movement for Rafi, there's mm-hmm. backstory fill for Rios. So all of those things are enjoyable to, enjoyable to me. Like, I, we didn't talk about it, but the, the thing about, it's a small thing, but finding out that Rafi had turned off alcohol in mm. her quarters. Right. Yeah. Well, we've been talking about the tragic story of Rafi as this addict that everyone is just kind of like, I don't know, good luck with that. Yeah. Um, but, but this is like a little brief moment of seeing a glimpse into her, her own uh, struggles and self-care, and I really like that. I thought that was a nice humanizing moment. Totally. Sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and finally getting the EMH turned back on to kind of give his side of the story for when Agnes turned him off was great. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and yeah. also Picard, no, there's probably a reasonable explanation. No, there isn't. Shut yeah. up, Picard. <laughs> yeah, totally. I love, I love when people tell him he's wrong. Yeah. And then yeah. I love the way he takes it in and accepts it and then moves forward. He's really good at that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's definitely got, he's definitely changed since the show where he wouldn't like take a hard stance on something until he had all the information. Whereas now he's like taking hard stances sooner, I think, yeah. but he's yeah. still able to adjust his stance based off of, of empirical evidence coming in. So oh, I, that stern look of, of space daddy looking at Gerardi when she's waking up, yeah. no, she's space getting daddy. sent to her room for murdering her boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I loved it. Well, I'm stoked. And I, you know, uh, Andy and I have held back on watching yeah. any episodes since we last recorded. So I still haven't even seen the last two. Yeah. And I'm so fucking stoked. And we got to do it soon because uh, we got to do it. Like, I, I want to do this one at a time. I don't want to have spoilers when we sure. have these conversations because yeah. it will affect how we how I think about it. I know sure. Doug already has seen it all and, and that's fine. I've seen them all. Yeah. But I, hey, you know what? It's interesting. In this whole conversation, there's only been maybe two, three places where I would have had something to say that's like, oh, well, actually, you know. Yeah. And, mm. then, and then one of those, the third time to stretch it would have been like more of like jokes about, you know, once you know what happens, then certain things sound you know they're funnier in context sure, oh, sure. i can't wait i can't wait well we got to do this again real yeah, soon we will we should yeah. i'm so stoked um yeah. thank you guys so much for making this work i know doug had to go a little out of his way to make this work i really thank appreciate you. it Thanks, thank you for waiting for me oh anytime oh, yeah this yeah. was great I, this is I, I actually recorded a podcast yesterday with uh alexandria that worked out really well remotely as well so i'm really stoked how this is working so far and I'm, we're just gonna keep 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 it going yeah Woo! Club lives. <laughs> all right you guys you're all awesome thank you for being here thank you for listening all the space nerds out there until next time stay nerdy out star there trek. <laughs> space nerds is listener funded through patreon 
To support the show and gain access to bonus content, sign up at patreon.com slash space nerds podcast. If you love this show, help us spread the word by sharing it on your favorite social media platform or leaving us a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you can find our show. If you have a question or comment you'd like the Space Nerds to discuss in the next episode, email us at spacenerdspodcast at gmail.com. To browse our complete library of episodes or check out my sci-fi synth-pop music and music videos, visit my website at jessemercury.com. Keep it spacey, baby!